Our first Bible readings is Exodus chapter 19, verse 5 to 6. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my most treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will, f- you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. Our, s- our second Bible reading, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 5 to 6. See, I have taught you decrees and laws as the Lord my God commanded me, so that you may follow them in the land you are entering to take possession of it. Observe them carefully, for this will show your wisdom and understanding to the nations who will hear about all these decrees and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. (coughs) Our third Bible reading is chapter 4. I'm in chapter 49, verse 3 to 6. He said to me, You are my servant Israel, in whom I will display and spend all. But I said, I have labored in vain, and I have spent my strength for nothing at all. Yet what is due me is in the Lord's hand, and my reward is with my God. And now the Lord says, He who formed me in the womb to be his servant to bring Jacob back to him and gather Israel to himself, for I am honored in the the eyes of the Lord, and my God has been my strength. He says, it is too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles, that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. Fantastic. Thank you, Jason. That was brilliant. Um, my name's Stephen. I'm the youth minister here at Mission Parenting Church. It is great to see all of you here. Although there's readings, we're jumping a bit all over the place. And we've been thinking about church and different pictures of church in the Bible in these all-age services. So I thought I'd give you a challenge. You've got a piece of uh, origami paper somewhere near you. It's a square piece of paper. Your challenge in one minute is to turn that into a church building. Can you turn that into a church building? Your time starts when the music starts. Here we go. Okay. Um, Right. Okay. Now... Judging by what we've got in the air right now, we need help. Like, we need someone to show us how to make it. See, if we had that, then we could make something as wonderful as this. Thank you. Look at that. Ooh, I watched this in my YouTube video. They taught me how to make this. They showed me the right way. And after the service, we'll have the same video on the screen so you can learn too to make this. Because... It's so much easier when you've got someone showing you how to do it, right? You need that. And well, all through the Bible, God's people are kind of meant to do that. They're meant to be the way that the world learns about God. In some ways, they're meant to be a kind of light in a dark world to show who God is and what he's like. And so we're going to look at that in the Old Testament and New Testament and see how God's people are meant to shine. But... I'm going to need all of your help. All of your help. Because every time that I do this, 
Can you shout that back to me? It says, God's light to the world. Should we we try? Okay, we can do it a bit better than that. A bit more dynamic. You can do the sparkles as well. Fantastic. So let's get cracking, looking at the Old Testament and God's people. Um, Elizabeth Clark, she said this. She said, a mission is a theme running through the entire Old Testament. It's God's plan and purpose through creation before the call of Abraham and the, and the history of Israel. She's basically saying that kind of right from the beginning, God wants to save the entire world. And he does that by choosing a people group called Israel. And Jason read to us so brilliantly from Deuteronomy 4. Have a look at that. It's it's on the screen as well, so you can follow it. Moses says, See, I have taught you decrees and laws. That means like the Ten Commandments, other laws. As the Lord my God commanded you, so that you may follow them in the land you are entering to take possession of it. Observe them carefully, for this will show your wisdom and understanding to the nations who will hear about these decrees and say, Surely... This great nation is a wise and understanding people. Basically, that thing is saying, saying that God's people, kind of, as they live life God's way, other nations would look and go, whoa, they're onto something. A bit like, have you seen those Israelites? Have you seen them? Like, like, like the way they live it is loving. They care about poor people. Their families are stable. Like, I want to be part of that. That looks so good. In some ways, you could say that Israel were meant to be... And some of you were on it. Some of you were ready to go. Um, and like that means the Ten Commandments and laws in the Bible, they're not dusty and old things. Actually, they're radical missional statements, a way of showing the world just how good God is. A bit like this. That's my house. In the darkness... And like, when the light's on in the living room, you can see all the way through. You can see our lovely little checkered curtains. You can see our, our clock. You can see our, our little tree planty thing. And you can see Lizzie making herself a cup of coffee. Uh, there you go. Look at that. Lovely. But like, if you're a nosy neighbor, you can peer in and see what our life is like. And see, Israel, God's people, were meant to be like God's lit up living room in a dark world. So that other nations could be like nosy neighbors and peer in. And see and go, that's what life is like. That's what it's like living rightly with God. Wow! And then they'd say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. That's kind of how it's meant to work. Like, they're meant to stand out. In fact, if you look at your readings, we've got those readings in Exodus chapter 19. Have a little look. Because God calls his people a holy nation. And that kind of means beautifully different, like standing out, living a different, beautiful way to other people. Because no other nation was founded on the words of the Creator God. Israel were meant to be... Yeah, thank you, fantastic. And that that carries on because like... um, they are meant to kind of have this, this idea of like an advert to, to the world, to show the world how good God is. Like saying, hey, come and see how beautiful and brilliant our God is. Exodus 19 continues. It says um, there to be a kingdom of priests. And priests had a job. Their job was to kind of represent God to the people and represent the people to their God. That was Israel's job too. 
They were kind of meant to go, hey nations, here's what God's like. And they're meant to go and talk to God about the nations. That was kind of their job. They are meant to shine and be beautiful and reach the world. In some ways, like Exodus 19 tells us that God saved Israel to save the entire world. Israel was meant to be fantastic. But if you know the Bible, you'll know what kind of happened. How they kind of ended up looking like and living like every other nation out. They served the same gods. They, they, they wanted a king like everyone else. It was a bit like kind of their light got dimmer and dimmer. It works better in the dark. And dimmer and eventually went out. They didn't shine. And it's a warning to us that actually God's people are always meant to look different and be sparkly and shine. And actually, we're meant to teach the world about big things like life and gender and what's right and wrong. And it's not a good thing generally when God's people sound like everybody else on those things or look like everyone else. We're meant to stand out. See, Israel were meant to be... But they failed. And so you're left at the end of the Old Testament thinking, oh no, has God's plan to save the entire world failed? Well, well, there's one more reading. Isaiah 49. This is talking about a special someone that would come into the world. Uh, someone called the servant of the Lord. And he speaks in Isaiah 49. He says some strange things. Have a look at verse 3. He said, God said to me, you are my servant Israel, in whom I'll display my splendor. This, this servant of the Lord is basically saying that, like, I am all that, that Israel should be. I represent all of Israel. And his job is there in verse 6. His job, God says, I will also make you a light for the nations, that my salvation may reach the ends of the earth. This servant of the Lord has Israel's job to reach the ends of the earth. It's a bit like, um, you know, out, when you go outside in October or September and you turn a light on and it's dark outside, you know what happens? Like all the little creepy crawlies come flocking to that light. You get the little mosquitoes and the, and the daddy long legs and the spiders and the little moths and all, they all go flocking to the light. That's a bit like this servant of the Lord. Like as he shined his light... Lots of people from all over the world, from people who had never known about God before, would come flocking towards him. That was God's plan. And who is he? This servant of the Lord in Isaiah 49? It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Jesus is God's. Fantastic. Uh, and isn't it true that, that he was like that light and darkness that all these people came flocking towards him? Outsiders, people who were really far from God, people who, who, who had never been close to him before came flocking. Jesus was the way that the world saw and learned about God. In fact, John 1 verse 18 says, no one has ever seen God, like God's invisible. But the one and only son who is himself God has made him known. Jesus came to show the world what God's like. But more than that, Jesus came to save the world too. It's like he came into a dark world. And through his death on a cross, his resurrection from the grave, 
He came to shine so that every single person across the whole entire world could be saved and live with God forever. Jesus was the way that the whole world would know God. And by the way, um, I wonder if you've been saved by Jesus. If you haven't, why don't you chat to someone you know who has? They can tell you all about it and talk to you about why he's so amazing. See, Jesus is the way that God was going to save and rescue the whole world because Jesus is... 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 to 10. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Our second Bible reading will be 1 John chapter 4, verse 12. No one has seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made incomplete in us. Our, second, no, our third Bible reading is Acts chapter 13, verse 47. For this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light for the nations, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Brilliant. Thanks, Matthew. It's so good having rooted here, isn't it? And explorers and climbers and scramblers. It's brilliant having the whole church family together. Um, Let's just see if you remember everything. Fantastic. Now, I want to show you my keys. I know it sounds a bit weird. I'm sorry. Here are my keys. Now, on my keys, I've got one of these things. It's called a carabiner, I think. And mine's orange. It's quite pretty. Um, but, but, but ultimately, this does absolutely nothing. If it went missing, no one would care. It's like a little pretty orange thing. Not, not that big a deal. And before I became a Christian, I used to think church was a bit like this. Hear me out. Like, like kind of... Some pretty buildings, but ultimately not that important. If you got rid of it, well, no one would really care. But then I became a Christian at 17 years old, and oh, oh, oh. It was a bit like going to Go Ape. Now, hear me out. Anyone been to Go Ape first off? Put your hands up. Fantastic. Go ape is like, is like, um, um, a, a kind of high ropes course in the sky. Like, like, like it, it's, um, it's this amazing thing where you've got swings and bridges and all that kind of stuff. But when you're on go ape, this carabiner suddenly is not a pretty decoration. This thing is vital and important. You need this. Without this thing holding you up, you're in serious. This is, this is vital. And like, I suddenly realized that church is like that for Christians. Church is vital. It's not optional. In fact, you can't be a Christian without church. We have a phrase at Rooten and KO. We say that church is the big thing that God is doing in the universe. It's true. I mean, did you know that the church lies at the heart of God's plan to save the entire world? Uh, Check out 1 Peter chapter 9. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. <laughs> Have a little look at what Peter says. He says, talking to Christians, he says, You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, 
God's special possession that you may declare that... Hold on. Hold on. We have read some of those words before, haven't we? Uh, Exodus 19. One Peter. Whoa. Do you see the similarities? Like, like, it's, it's almost like Peter is saying, um, um, the church's job is now to take, take on where Israel failed. In fact, the church is... Yes, you were there. Uh, and have a look. We're also called to be a royal priesthood. So that, that same way that Israel had to kind of talk to God about the nations and kind of tell the nations about God, that's our job as a church too. As a church, we tell the world about God. But as a church too, we, we talk to God about the world. It got me thinking, like, 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 do you pray for the world as families or on your own? If you don't, well, why not join me? I'm going to start something called World Wednesday, where every Wednesday I'm going to pray for a different country of the world, using this thing here called Operation World, which, which gives you a different country to pray for every single day and tells you some things to pray for. That's part of our job as being a light to the world. We pray for it. See, the church is... Yes! Fantastic! Uh, in fact, Peter kind of continues by saying that, like, well, God has saved us so that the world might know who he is. Uh, like telling the world about Jesus, it's not kind of an, uh, an optional thing for Christians to do. It's not like, like just that the professionals. It's part of our DNA. It's who we are as a church. World mission matters because, well, the church is God's light to the world. Oh, I've got two hands. Um, like, like, it's really important. I mean, have a little look at Isaiah 49 on your sheet again. That's on the back on part one. In Isaiah 49, um, well, God says about his servant of the Lord, about Jesus, that he will be a light to the nations. But if you flick it over and look at Acts 13, verse 47, the very same words used about Jesus are used about the church. Paul says, this is what the Lord has commanded us Christians. I have made you a light to the nations that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. The mission of Jesus has become the mission of the church. The church is... Yes! And here's how I think it works. Um, the church is kind of like, uh, like fairy lights. So on Sunday we gather up and we're really big and bright and shiny all together, connected by our love for the Lord Jesus. And then during the week, there you go, we go and we scatter... Oh, there we go. Lovely. Let's just grab some of that. Oh, there we go. Oh, fantastic. There we go. We scatter all over the world and we shine and we light it up. I'll just leave you that, Simon. There you go. There we go. And so, like, the clubs we're part of, the schools we're, we're, we're part of, the places we live get that little bit brighter. You can, you can let go of it if you really want to, but it's so nice and pretty. Actually, that's why it's really important for Christians to kind of not just be at church stuff during the week, to have space in our diaries where we're, we're not at church stuff, where we're out in clubs and regulars in coffee shops and hairdressers and spreading that light so that eventually those places will burst into light themselves. And this like gathering and scattering, it's going on across the whole world from all the churches in the world so that eventually the whole world is lit up for Jesus. The church lies at the heart of God's plan to save the entire world. Because the church is fantastic.
Um, Sam Albury said, um, uh, like, if a place hasn't got a church, well, it's not equivalent to, to lacking a decent supermarket or, or, or a movie theater. It's like lacking a hospital or a source of water. A church is an utter necessity. Because without the church doing its gathering and scattering, lighting places up, that place is plunged into darkness. The church is fantastic. So how do we shine as a church? Well, I think there are three ways that we kind of shine as a church. Through our life, through our love, and through our lips. Because wouldn't it be really sad if, if kind of, when we gathered up as a church, Tabitha, I'm just going to borrow this from you. Thanks. We were all like really bright and shiny. But then as we scattered and went our own separate ways, we turned our lights off. And we started looking like and living like everybody else around us. The same gossip, the same greed, the same grumbling. See, Christians, we're called to be holy and distinct. We're called to be lights in the world. We shine through our life. And actually, that's not just us as individual Christians too. That's us as a whole church family as well. That's why it's really, really good that all the things we do as a church are distinctly Christian. Like, put Jesus front and center. They have a Christian flavor to them. Like Cameo having the service every single week. That's brilliant. Jesus front and center. The light, bright family fun night. Jesus front and center. We shine through our life. But we also shine through our love. Now, I'll turn these off. I'll bring them back on in a minute. Because there's something really cool. (laughs) They'll come back on, don't worry. Um, Have a look at 1 John 4, verse 12. It starts by saying, no one has ever seen God. Hold on. We've heard those same words before. In John 1.18. John 1.18 said that the invisible God shows himself through uh, Jesus. But 1 John 4 verse 12, have a look at it. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. What? The living God can be seen through the love in his church. That's amazing. Have a look around this building. Have a look at people here. Have a look. Actually do it. Look around. Stare at people. Lovely. Like, right here, you should be able to see the living God through how we care for each other. The love found at BH should be supernatural. Because, see, the natural thing is to love people like us who deserve our love. But the supernatural Jesus thing is to care for, talk to, eat with, and love people who are not like us. And when that's happening in a church, oh my, it is magnetic. Because people see the living God. Actually, on that, um, there's nothing more poisonous in a church than gossip uh, and grudges and bitterness. If that's here in this church, we need to stamp it out. Because what does it say about our God if that's festering here? We shine through our love. So who could you show supernatural love to today after the service? We shine through our love. And we shine through our lips too. Now, God has turned our lights on. So we sparkle and shine. And because of that, 1 Peter 2, well, it says that that we are declaring the praises of him who called us out of darkness into wonderful light. We have a job to do. 
And that's not talking about singing. That declaration is not singing or praising God. Actually, the direction of the declaration is towards other people, not towards God. We tell other people, hey, hey, God has changed my life. I'm now lighting and shiny. Come and join me. We tell people about what God's done. You remember how Israel were were an advert? Hey, come and see what God's like. Well, Christians, we have a different kind of role. We go and tell people about what our God's like. We have a job to go and tell. Like, a good life on its own is not enough. People don't meet the Lord Jesus generally by, by our kindness and our politeness. But they might do through our words. So as Christians, we've got to be bold and say, hey guys, come and meet the man who's changed my life. Come and meet the Lord Jesus. We go and tell. We shine through our life, through our love, through our lips. Because the church is... Wow, fantastic. The church is that carabiner of vital importance. It's God's plan to save the whole world. As we shine like Jesus. Let me pray and then I'll hand back over to Judith. Father God, thank you so much for your plan to save the entire world. Thank you that it centers around the church. The church gathering and scattering and going out and lighting places up. Help us to shine as a church through our life, through our love and through our lips. Amen.